Work is no longer just about productivity and metrics. It's about people. And when we focus on positivity, communication, belonging, and development, the numbers take care of themselves. This is Work Human Radio, where we talk to authors, researchers, and business leaders about the latest trends making work more human around the world. Here's your host, Mike Wood. So welcome back to Work Human Radio. My name is Mike Wood. I am your host, and we have a special episode today. We are joined by one of our humans of HR, Tamara Raspberry. Hi, Tamara. Hey, how are you, Mike? Good. For those of you who may not know her, can you give us just like a quick background on you and also your Twitter handle so people can follow you? Oh, absolutely. So my background is basically that I've been working as an HR practitioner for almost 20 years in the nonprofit sector. And most recently, I've really become very passionate about advocating for inclusive environments, diverse environments, environments where people are having a good experience and not just going to work to get a paycheck. So that's really my big passion now that I focus on. But yeah, I've been doing like HR generalist slash manager work for a very long time. That's great. So and my Twitter handle is T as in Tamara, M as in Mary, Raspberry, R-A-S as in Sam, B as in boy, E-R-R-Y. Yes. And you are part of our Humans of HR, which is our new kind of, we've got a whole bunch of these influencer types in HR and we've banded them together. It's called the Humans of HR. There'll be more coming out on our website and whatnot, but I'm very excited to have you as part of that team. And let's talk diversity inclusion. We are recording this on August 7th and a couple days ago, we had a couple shootings in the country, Mm -hmm. which seemed to be a regular occurrence now. And Race is is something that, and race relations is not something that's going to go away anytime soon. Correct. It's something that we should all be focusing on, especially in the workplace. So I want to ask you as an HR professional, like what is the most pressing issue facing HR in regards to diversity and inclusion today? Well, I find that one of the issues that I have when I'm trying to deal with my leadership team is getting them to understand, first of all, the difference between diversity and inclusion and that they're not exactly the same thing. And also that when you're looking at having a diverse workforce, it goes beyond race and gender. So if you look around your workplace and you're like, oh, I have, you know, five different races of people, so we must be diverse. Or we have, you know, men and women, it must be diverse. But there's so many different layers and levels to diversity that people really have to be able to open up and think outside of what we're used to hearing that it means. And then also that you have to be intentional about creating inclusive environments. You can't just say, well, you know, we treat everyone great, so it must be inclusive. Like you have to actually make sure that you're doing things on purpose to create that type of environment for your people. Yeah, you just can't assume that it's going to happen on its own. And there's a reason why the term token exists. <laughs> it's like you can't just have like one person in your organization that's diverse and be like, okay, well, we have diversity because we have that guy or, or yeah, whatever. That, exactly. That's what Hollywood used to do for years and years. Like every horror movie I saw or action movie always had like the one, the two African-American people that always got killed in the beginning of the movie. And exactly. then like, oh. we had them. <laughs> At least they had them, but I feel like Hollywood at least is making a little bit of progress with that. But in terms of the workplace, like, so 
What should companies be doing to make sure their workplaces are inclusive for everybody? I think primarily you want to make sure that you are valuing everything that every person brings to the table. So everyone is going to have a unique mixture of different backgrounds, different experiences, and different things that they contribute to your workforce. And you also want to make sure that you are at various different touch points throughout your organization utilizing inclusive behavior. So even before someone comes on board, how you do your recruitment process, how you do your interviewing, how you do your onboarding, like all of these different touch points to include inclusive behaviors. When you have your staff meetings, like is it always one person that's talking or two people? Is it the person with the loudest voice or the white person? Or, you know, make sure that at all these different touch points throughout your organization, everyone is feeling valued and like they have an opportunity to make a contribution. That's great. So like in eatings, yes. And what else can we do in, to make everybody's voice heard? Do you have any suggestions? I think it's also good to do kind of like like town halls mm-hmm. at your workplace. It's easier, you know, when organizations are kind of small to mid-sized, but even if they're larger, you could do them maybe like quarterly instead of monthly or whatever. But like town halls, to get a feel on how people are actually feeling. I like to do meetings with my new employees that don't include any senior level management to see how their experience has been because they're usually a lot more open talking when there's no senior level people in there. Mm -hmm. So things like that. And I ask people a lot about their actual experience. So, you know, it's important to understand the work and that they're being able to do the work. But what is your experience like? Do you feel like people are treating you a certain way? Do you feel undermined because you're a woman or because you're Asian or whatever, you know? So and then I feel like once I get that feedback, I work on those things so that if there's any issues, we fix those. It seems like one of the biggest ways to address any type of problem in the workplace is this communication. So it's just exactly. talking to people, giving them the chance to speak up without Absolutely. repercussions. <laughs> and that's the main thing, because you have to make it an environment where people feel free to do that. A lot of times I will hear leaders say, you know, well, I have an open door policy. Anyone can say anything to me. However, what's the reality of that? When someone does bring something to you, what's your response? How is it treated? You know? So it's like, if you say people can say anything or they should feel free or safe, but then when they do, there's some type of repercussion, then people aren't want to do that anymore. And so you lose out on getting that information. Yeah. I've seen that happen at other companies where someone would have an issue, they go to HR and it just ends up blowing up in their face. And Hopefully, and when that happens, nobody else is going to go to HR. Exactly. So hopefully that will change a little bit. And so one of the latest kind of hot buttons that I've heard in terms of diversity inclusion is like, how do we measure it? So beyond Mm -hmm. recruitment metrics, are there any ways that companies can measure the effectiveness of their diversity and inclusion programs? Yeah, I think recruitment metrics are great, but even beyond recruitment, how are you doing your promotions and your like professional development opportunities? So it's like, okay, you get people in the door, but then are they still having the same opportunities to get promoted, to have training and development, things like that, because that's how you really gauge 
people's experience as being part of an inclusive environment. So it's not just that I got here, it's okay, now what are we doing now that the person is here? And everything that you do isn't going to be numerically quantifiable. A lot of it is going to be based on feedback and experience and not just your intentions or like, you know, because how do you say we've included five people today? Or, you know, so <laughs> it's an inclusive because we've included five people today. Like, what does that mean? What does that look like? So it's not necessarily always going to be quantifiable in that way. But I feel like when you do your forums and your town halls and your engagement surveys and things of that nature, that's how you're going to see what type of progress that you're making. And then also circling back from not only your recruitment metrics, but the feedback that people are getting. Because I heard someone say it might have been at a work human conference that like your organizational culture is how people explain your organization to other people who don't work there. So Mm -hmm. all of that circles back to your recruitment efforts, how you're treating people inside circles back to how whether or not people want to work at your organization in the first place. So, yeah, I mean, it's like people, yeah, numbers and some mm -hmm. of it is just experiences. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like you are how people talk about you, like behind your back, like that is you. (laughs) So like you want to be a company that is inclusive. So I have to ask you about your take on what's happening in the country and the world. What's your take? Because I'm fatigued. You know, I read something bad every day, but I mean, I every am day. I am like a middle class white male that does. I have privilege. Like I don't have to deal personally with a lot of it, but I want to hear what that experience is like because I want to learn more about it. So like what's going on in the country and what do you see as a way that we can kind of fix what's going on? I mean, it's not easy, but. What I see going on is people becoming a lot more comfortable with their biases and their racism, because I don't believe that any of the things that are happening are new. I don't believe that people are suddenly becoming racist and prejudiced. I don't believe any of this stuff is new. I believe that people weren't as comfortable expressing it before. And Mm -hmm. now because of climate that we have in the country, people feel extremely comfortable to express it. Even when you look at, you know, police brutality, you have all of these African-American men and women who've been getting killed by police with no repercussions. And so people look at that and it's like, oh, okay, I can do that. These people's lives have no value. We might as well, you know, do whatever we want to do. And it just keeps elevating and getting worse and worse. And as far as how we fix it, it's not even up to us to fix it. It's really like a power structure thing because racism is all about power dynamics. So until that breaks down in the country from the top, there's not really that much us as individuals can do. All we can do is control our own behavior and our own mindsets. But when you're talking about ingrained institutional policies and procedures, That comes from the top. It's just like at your organization. Your HR people can be the best in the world. But if your leadership is crap, it's only so much (laughs) that's going to be able to get down for your people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I felt like we were making progress when Obama was in office and that we were becoming more of a we society. So like us together moving forward as opposed to us versus them, which is exactly what it is now. 
And it's crazy, like the amount of division that I see in the country right now, not just in race, but also in like, you know, ideology, you know, North versus mm-hmm. South versus uh, Democrats versus Republicans. And it's getting to the point where like things are so divided. Like, how do you come back and how long is that going to take to come back? How long is it going to take? Exactly. That's the real question. So basically, I just get really depressed every day when I read the paper and uh, <laughs> can't wait till. Well, it's uh, sad because you look and you're like, oh, my goodness, again. Oh, my goodness. Another one. And then we have the person who is supposed to be the leader of our country saying these very divisive comments, these very racist comments. And again, it makes other people feel free to express those things. Yeah, I think I told you that I grew up in one of the whitest places in the country, (laughs) in Massachusetts, where it was like 99.5% white. I think a lot of it is just exposure and talking to people. So like... Mm -hmm. I grew up with a little bit of a prejudice because I was afraid. Like I hadn't really known any any black people growing up. So when I first met some, I was a little timid and, and afraid. But then when you just talk to people are people. So I think that, you know, more of this communication and less of the division will help things overall. Because mm-hmm, that's the nature of fear is the unknown. People are afraid of what they don't know and they don't understand. So it does take having those conversations and being open to learning how other people are, other cultures are, et cetera, to be able to break down those barriers. But you have to be open. Everyone is not open. And then when you teach your children to be a certain way, if you're like the hugest racist and then you teach your children to be that way, you teach your grandchildren to be that way, unless one of them takes the initiative to say, hey, maybe I don't agree with this or, you know, my coworkers don't seem that bad, something like that, then it's just going to perpetuate, perpetuate down your family. And it's sad. I mean, I'm not saying that this has happened to my family, but I'm sure it's sad once you realize that there could be views in your family that you don't necessarily believe are right. And that's a tough thing to probably figure out on your own, but it's necessary. So I want to thank you for always talking to me about race and educating me with with what's going on in HR and race and diversity inclusion. So thank you for being my kind of resource and everybody follow Tamara on Twitter. It's TM Raspberry with no P in the Raspberry (laughs) on Twitter. Thank you, Tamara, for your time. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. You too. If you want to see business leaders, culture keepers, and industry experts come together to share the latest research and ideas for making work more human, you need to be at WorkHuman March 18th through the 21st in Nashville. Visit WorkHuman.com to see the full lineup of speakers and reserve your spot in the number one conference of 2019.